Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today we continue, we're continuing with gleaning from 1 Thessalonians, but we're ending it, ending, ending it also today because we'll be through going through 1 Thessalonians. In review... We talked about Paul mentioning the Thessalonians in his prayers. He said that they had um, he'd heard about and want to pray about their work of faith, the labor of love, their steadfastness of hope, and we concentrated on uh, the labor of love in that first message. Just uh, putting speak to that because what we wanted to do was to sh- uh, show our love uh, for the community uh, in Lynchburg by way of the giving to the Miriam's house, which we've given to Miriam's house before, and we want to continue to be in a relationship with them of supplying, uh, helping to supply their needs. And we said that they were doing mustache for, uh, for kids. And, and that they were trying to make sure that no kid was homeless during uh, the uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Christmas time. And we also, when I talked to the lady, she said that they also need needed uh, food uh, to help out during that time because some of the uh, people, most of them, are, uh, all of them are ladies, uh, they got laid off, some of them. And some of them needed help in their uh, paying rent for this holiday. So next week is the last Sunday that you can give towards that because she says she needs it. Uh, anything we're going to give, she needs it about two weeks before uh, Christmas so that she can uh, get the things that, that, are, that are needed and take a time and get it to them in a time uh, for them to uh do their cooking and all that kind of stuff. So, so if you would pray about what God would have you to do, and give as He leads. In Acts chapter twenty, uh, verse thirty-four and thirty-five says, "You yourself know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to." Uh, the men who were with me, in everything showing showing you that by working hard in this way, you must help the weak. And some of them are, are weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give and to receive. And this is a time of season where uh, we uh, really give and we also receive. And so we want to do a lot more giving than we do receiving because it's more blessed to do that. Let's go to couple of things, eight in, in, in reality, uh, introducing today's uh, message, which is a little bit different than I've ever talked, but um, in introducing it, one bullet point is that the Lord Jesus brought life and immortality to light by the gospel. Another thing is that today we know that the believers depart to be with Christ at the time of death. We know that. We know that the believers, the unbelievers, are said to be in Hades at death, or go to Hades at death. Uh, it is not just a, a holding place for all people who die in the same place, and we know that from Scripture also. Another thing that we know that you all believe 
I noted you all believe that everybody's going to die sometime. You know, everybody's born at once to one time to die. And we know that when the, the, the saved, those who are giving their life to Jesus Christ die, uh, that they are going to be resurrected first. We know that the rapture, so-called rapture, uh, taken up, uh, that the believers are going to be raised, but also there's going to be a second resurrection in that the uh, wicked dead, they're going to raise also. Uh, but when Paul was teaching the Thessalonians, he told them that uh, all those things that's going to happen at the end times, and they kind of misunderstood. Uh, and so he found out that they misunderstood him, so he wrote this first letter to kind of straighten it out because they didn't know what's going to happen to people who have given their life to Jesus Christ like they had and they died before Jesus came back. What's going to happen to them? Are they going to be with Jesus? Are they going to just be nothing? Or what's what's going to happen? So he wrote that. So let's pick it up from there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Let's go there. And when we finish, we would have covered all of Thessalonians because we've already covered 1 chapters, the second chapter, third chapter, and part of the fourth last time. So we're going to finish up the fourth, go into the fifth, finish up the fifth, and that'll be it. Verse 13. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about these, those who are asleep. And by asleep, he means those who die. So that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. And this is a, a scripture that I try to remember because I do funerals. I used to do funerals a lot. Um, periodically, but not a lot, periodically. But, um, and People happen to do funerals of their loved ones and things. And one thing that I try to encourage the family in, if the person has given their life to Jesus Christ before they die, is that we're going to grieve, but we don't grieve like the rest of society who have not given their life to Jesus Christ, who have no hope. We don't grieve in the same way they do in the length of time, they do because we have hope of the resurrection. We have, we have a, a knowledge and a knowing that when a Christian dies, he's going to be with the Lord. And so regardless of uh, what his physical condition was, mental condition was, uh, at, uh, before death, we can say that, praise God, he's with the Lord. He doesn't have to now be concerned about uh, whatever was wrong physically, mentally, emotionally, or any other thing. We can say that, that he's at a better place. And this is a, is, is a comfort to us to know that I don't have to grieve. I don't have to grieve rest of them, of the society doesn't know the Lord. I don't have to grieve the way they, they grieve because my, my father died, my mother died, uh, my sister, two sisters died. Um, and so uh, I'm familiar with, with death, but it's a going home party. 
That's what it is, a going home party. And that's what I hope that you get from uh, this chapter in Thessalonians. Uh, and also that you realize yourself because we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear death uh, like we did before. We can rejoice. And like Paul said, you know, I, I, I don't know uh, whether to go or whether to stay. I think I would rather to go. But for your sake, I'll stay. But he says, you know, uh, to him, to die is better because he's going to be with Jesus Christ. And so uh, we know that death is all around us, uh, especially with the uh, COVID-19. A lot of people have died. A lot of people died in wars. They died uh, in in a lot of car accidents. Uh, People taking their lives. People die all the time. And our relatives, probably everybody has probably have a relative one time who died, a loved one who died. But I can truly say that I did not grieve like I would have if I were not a Christian and knew that my father had given his life to Jesus Christ. My mother had given his life to Jesus Christ. Uh, So uh, I can rejoice. I can rejoice. And this is what he was telling them uh, in verse 13. Verse 14 says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Meaning those who have died in Jesus. <clears throat> he's going he, to bring them with him. Yes, Jesus Christ rose again, and so if he rose again, then we're going to rise again if, we, if we're his. We're going to rise again. Verse 15. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So the question they were asking was what's going to happen uh, to those who died before you came back. And he, he's telling them that, that those who are, who are alive when he comes back, uh, they're not going to proceed. Those who are, uh, the ones who are alive not going to proceed. Those who who have fallen asleep, who died. Actually, the dead is going to be raised first. And then the ones living will be caught up with them. Verse 16. For the Lord himself, and that's important, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven. He's not going to just send an angel say, go down and, and uh, I want you to uh, take care of this, raise the, the ones who are, who are mine. He's coming himself. And not only is he coming with himself, but he's coming with a shout. Now, I don't know what it's going to sound like. I don't know how it's going to be. All I know is when I read it, this is, and I looked at uh, commentaries, I looked at all this. They don't know. <laughs> All they know is that if it says that, that, that he's coming and he's coming with a shout, he is coming with a shout. That's what he's coming with. But not only is he coming with a shout, he's also coming with the voice of the archangel. So, that's, that, that, so he, angels are involved here. So some said, well, well, the angels are going to do, 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 do the shouting. And some, no, Jesus said he's going to do the shouting. I don't know, but it's going to be a shout, and there's going to be a voice. And 
with the trumpet of God. So we have Jesus coming. We have the, the, the uh, voice of an archangel. We have a trumpet of God sounding. It's not going to be just a trumpet just for everybody to see a trumpet. It's going to be a sounding of a trumpet. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So Thessalonians here is saying, don't you worry about those who will fall asleep. If you are living when, when Jesus comes back, those who died, you're not going to precede them. They're going to precede you. That's what he's saying. So don't worry about those. If you died in Christ, they're going to be with me. Verse 17, then we who are alive, then we who are alive, and remain, will be caught up, and this word rapture, uh, they, they said rapture, caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. I said, my goodness gracious. This is, that's that's going to be a nice scene there. That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. And so if, you, if you're wondering about what's going to happen to my loved ones who died before me, my mother, my father, whoever, you know, sister, brother, um, could be a child. Regardless, they're going to rise first. They're in the Lord. They're going to rise first. And then those who are, Alive will be caught up with them and meet the Lord in the air. And there's going to be some hallelujah going on. <laughs> yeah. some, some people say, well, the angels are going to be there because what, what, what's going to happen is that uh, the angels, they're going to escort. They're going to escort all the dead in Christ who rose. All the ones who are alive, who are caught up in the air with them. And uh, it's going to be a, a glorious time. And the angels are going to escort them in the air through the enemy's territory. Because we know that, that sometimes, you know, we, we know that we've read that how uh, sometimes uh, when you pray that uh, the enemy will kind of keep the prayers from being answered. Going to try to hinder the, the angel who's bringing the answer to, to you. And it's, a, a, it's going to be a nice scene here. Angels are going to be escorting right through the enemy's territory, and they can't do nothing, not a thing, but watch. And I, I don't know what's going to happen. This is just people's imagination. I, it, all I know is what's written. He says in verse 18 that, Therefore, since I said all that, Thessalonians, therefore, comfort one another with these words. It didn't say depress one another with these words. It's not a, it's not a, these are not depressing words. These are joyful words. These are exciting words. These are words that, that you want to share Jesus Christ with people because you want them to be in this party that's being caught up in the air that's going to be changed because we can all think of things. We can say, well, you know, I don't have a clue how the Lord is going to take this dust that we all, because we're all going to, um, when we die, uh, we're going to deteriorate and, and we go back to death. And so you got this death. But see, some people died at sea. And you say, well, what, what's going to happen to theirs? Because, um, you know, when you pour water on dust, it kind of gets rid of the dust. How is the Lord going to going to tell who you are and who I am, who this person is, 
unless we're all, unless, unless your name is on the, the tomb, because you're going to be just us. And you know that these buildings were not here. Uh, these buildings were not here a hundred years ago. So we know that people died. They died. And I wonder what happens to their dust. Because you got tractors, you got all this stuff, you know, that plows up things. And uh, how is God going to tell who's dust and all this dust on the earth? How is he going to tell all that? I don't waste any time thinking about that. Because once, once the thought come across, I, I get rid of that thought because I wouldn't have a clue except he is God. That's who he is. He's God. So you can spend your nights awake wondering how did God really make Adam out of dust? I'm not going to waste not one second of my sleep time thinking about that because God is God. He didn't need dust to make Adam. Matter of fact, uh, God can raise up people from rocks, the word of God says. Can he? He can do what he wants to do. He's God. So people have asked me, well, should I get cremated? Uh, because if I get cremated, see, then God's not going to have anything to work with. <laughs> Come on, what did he have to work with? What happened? At least he had some dust. If you, man, you get cremated, you got not going to be nothing. But you have a little ashes, but that's not enough to work with. And plus, you might scatter the ashes over, and then the wind blows it, and then your head be somewhere. You, how God go? Hey, come on, come on. Don't worry about all that stuff. Just read the Word of God, and you'll see what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says that um, when you die, <laughs> you're going to be with the Lord. That's, what, that's all you have to be concerned about. How he does it, I don't know. All I know is what it says. And so um, I have no clue whether, whether Lazarus um, was, was escorted with an angel, whether he took a, took, took a uh, I, I don't know how he got to Abraham's bosom. Do you? No, we don't know how. But do you care? At least he was there. And you, we know that. And we know where the rich man died, where he was, it was, it was kind of heated up there where he was, or down there, wherever it was, he was kind of heated. So we don't want to be there. So uh, these things he's telling the Thessalonians, and you can imagine how they did have questions, and that's why he uh, wrote them to explain these things to them. So we want to go now because I, I said, well, this, this, is, this is really, 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 really good. I want to go to... Um, First Thessalonians chapter 5 now. Let's go there. This is the last chapter. And in verse 1, in the, in the, uh, you have the New American Standard on the screen. It says uh, from the Amplified, But as to the suitable times and the precious seasons and dates, brethren, you have no necessity for anything being written to you. That's what it says. So he's telling them, I, I shouldn't have to write anything to you about that. Um, verse 2, but you, are, uh, you yourselves know full well that the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. Now, the, the, the uh, most theologians say that well, 
the times and the epochs and the you know the seasons and the, and uh, those we're talking about Christians before the tribulation, but when it talks about the day of the Lord, it's talking about judgment. It's talking about uh, all the things that's going to happen uh, after they're taken up after the the Christians uh, have left. That's what most say. Verse 3, it says, While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like a labor pain upon a woman with child, and they will not escape. But you, but you, Thessalonians, are not in darkness. So if, if so we're not talking about now the day of the Lord, you you're not gonna be here saying because you're not in darkness. You are of the light, you're of the day. It says that the, the day would overtake you like a thief. It's not gonna do that. For verse eight, for you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. So then, let us not sleep as those do, but let us be alert and sober. For those who sleep do their sleeping at night, and those who get drunk get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober. Let us uh, put on the breastplate of faith and love and a helmet of hope of salvation. Those three things uh, was in verse 3. Verse, in verse 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 3, it was talking about that he encouraged them because uh, through prayer and everything, he was praying because of their faith, their labor of love. You remember we talked about labor of love. I reviewed that. And also their hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath because wrath will be on the unbelievers. For Obtaining salvation is what he has destined us for through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10, who died for us so that whether we are awake, that means living at the time he come back, or asleep, he's dead at the time he come back, we will live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another Encourage one another and build one another up just as you have been doing. And when you, when, when you, when, when you hear these words, when they were hearing these words, I, I'm sure they were excited because he, he told them to encourage one another with these words. Uh, what they want to do is, is now let's try to get everybody to give their life to Jesus Christ. Let's not want not one person to be destined for wrath because they didn't give their life to Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ died for all men to be saved, if they would give their lives to him, why wouldn't we want everybody to be saved? Why would we not want to tell somebody about Jesus? Why would we not want to live and, and the scripture says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we've been called because God, God saved us. And he didn't save us because, uh, you know, we had a degree. He, he, he didn't save us because uh, we went to college. He didn't save us because, uh, you know, we, we, we just looked so good. He saved us because of his grace. 
We are saved by grace and not of works, as in a man should boast. So he used to encourage one another with these things. So I, that, that gets me excited about, I wonder who I can pray for, and because it, it has to start there, because no one, no one, can come to Jesus unless they are drawn of the Father. That's what the word says. No one. So that tells me that I need to pray. That these barriers are broken down. That's keeping this person from seeing the glorious light of the gospel. Because the enemy blinds the eyes of unbelievers. So they can't see the glorious light of the gospel. If you can't see it, we can witness to them all we want to. But just witnessing to somebody, just sharing about Jesus Christ with somebody is not enough. It doesn't start there. It starts with prayer. We should be praying for people, for the salvation of souls. As we pray and call their names out before God, then the more people who are praying, because one can send a thousand flight, two can send ten thousand flight, we break down these walls, and as we are, they'll see in our lifestyle, and they know we're Christians, we, they know we're giving our lives to Jesus Christ, and we see them on Thanksgiving, we, we share a little bit about you know, what's going on in our lives and this and that. Uh, we get cards from people, and some cards sometimes they have uh, things about Jesus Christ on that. All, all these things, they start working together because of prayer. They start working together, and after a while, this person gives their life to Jesus Christ. It might not have been led to the Lord by you. Uh, that, 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 that shouldn't matter. The thing is that they get saved. God knows how to put people across people's path that can lead them to the Lord. And they, they don't have to be led to the Lord by a person anyway. They can ask God, God, I've been hearing about you. and If you're, if you're a real God, save me. Is that enough for some people to get saved? Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't have to say, oh, wait, wait, you're not saying because, see, Romans said that you got to do. Well, well, it also says in Romans that whoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says that too. So you mean I just can't say, God, help me, help me save my soul, Lord. I don't want to die with this uh, uh, coronavirus. I don't want to die and, and, and not be saved. Save my soul. Is that enough? I said I write it down and carry it in, the, in my pocket so I can take it out and read it when I get ready. No, no. But the more I read and the older I get, because you get closer every day, you get closer to meeting Jesus. Every day. And even if you're, you know, 10, he may come back before you get to be 11. So nobody can waste time and say, well, you know what, I'm going to grow older. And now by the time I get about to be 85, 90, 92, I get, when I get to be 92, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. Well, we know that Today is a day of salvation. That's what the word says. So we need to we need to do something now. Let's don't wait because we know that it says that, and the Thessalonians knew because he said they knew that the day of wrath gonna come like a thief in the night, uh, it, 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 and you're not gonna be prepared for it. And you say, well, but. Uh, will he take somebody that's 20? Won't he let them get to be 80 at least? 
when he comes back, and Jesus don't, doesn't know when he's coming back because the Scripture says so. And the Father knows. And when the Father gives the word, it's all over. It's all over. And so uh, I want every single person to get saved. I, I have people that need salvation that, that are, are relatives. I see people that need salvation. I know that I said I've coached people that need salvation. And so uh, we need to be about the business of the Lord. We really do. Because it's no joke, as I read about the day of the Lord, it's not going to be a pretty scene. It's not going to be a pretty scene. Let's go to... First um, Corinthians chapter 15. Let's go there. Because we're talking about what the Thessalonians did. Of course, Paul talked to, the, to them also. First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verses starting verse 15. Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep. We will not all die, but we will all be changed. Now, this dust or whatever we, uh, ashes, or whatever it is, it says that we're all going to be changed. Flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. So if, even if we're alive, if he comes back, let's say, at uh, 11, I don't know what the clock right, 45, if he comes back then, and we're all alive, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. We cannot inherit the kingdom of God the way we are now. That's what it says. Flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. Then it says that, but we will all be changed in a moment. So God doesn't have to, you know, let me find the dust. Oh, let me find the dust of Willie. He's is somewhere. No, uh-uh, no, because my father's name is Willie, also. Uh, so uh, he doesn't have to look for him. He's gonna be changed in a moment, in a twinkling, in the twinkling of an eye. How quick is the twinkling of an eye? It's it's pretty quick, isn't it? We'll all be changed. It says, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we will be changed. Wow. This is, this is just so good. So this is, uh, even though he's talking to the church at Corinth, he told the Thessalonians the same thing. Let's go to the last part of uh, chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's go to verse 23. In, in here, it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he 
who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. Wow. Wow. That tells us, and he's telling the Thessalonians here, that all that I've been talking about, God is going to sanctify you entirely, completely. Every part of you, he's going he's to uh, sanctify you, meaning that he's going to set all of you apart, not the part of you, all of you, every part is going to be complete. He's going set, to set you apart without blame at the coming of the Lord. How he's going to do it, we don't know, but know this. Faithful is he who called you. So when God called you, Thessalonians, he called you to himself because no one can come to Jesus unless God the Father calls you. So he called you. He was faithful to call you. He is also faithful. He's going to bring it to pass. I said, now that's good. Because, you see, I'm thinking that um, sanctification, I know that, that we, it's, it's a, remember I told you as we were reading, uh, uh, gleaning from First Thessalonians, that we're supposed to have a walk that's worthy of the calling and, and we know that uh, sanctification is we were sanctified when Jesus put, him, put us in him. We were sanctified. We were brought out of the world, translated to the kingdom of his just son, God's just son, so we were sanctified. But it's also progressive. You know, we, we say that, that yes, it's a positional, but yes, it's also progressive. We are being sanctified every day. We're being drawn more away from the world every day. And so, therefore, as we're being drawn from the world, it's a progressive thing that keeps going all our lives. And then there is a final sanctification that when he changes us, we get rid of this body and, and we'll change to whatever we're, we're going to look like. We don't know, but how he is, we know we'll be like that. And so, therefore, we're going to be then completely sanctified. We'll be completely his. He says, but don't you worry about, I got to hurry up and get sanctified. I got to hurry up and get sanctified. Suppose he come, wait, wait till tomorrow to come because I'll be a little bit more closer to you than I was the day before. That's what we should be doing anyway. We should be trying to be like Jesus more and more every day anyway. But don't be concerned about it because he's going to bring it to pass. He calls you, he's going to bring it to pass. So how is he going to do it? Don't you worry about how he's going to do that. You just be about walking how he asked you to walk. Then it says that in verse 23, he says that I'll adjure you by the Lord to have this letter read to all the brethren. That's what he said. Is it important for us to read the letter that he wrote to First Thessalonians? Because it's the first letter to First Thessalonians. Yeah, and the second letter. Yeah, we w- we want to do that because he wants us encouraged. He wants us to understand the end time. Then it says that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And that's what we need. More grace. More grace, God. Let's receive communion. This ends the, the series on First Thessalonians. Grace. 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 I'm excited about more grace. More grace. I need more grace. More grace. More grace. You should have elements. If you don't have elements, then just raise your hand and and, and somebody bring bring you the elements.
my plan is also um, if um, things go like I think it will. Alicia, we're going to receive communion again the Sunday before Christmas. That's not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that, after we will receive communion again. Is that okay? Okay. We're going to do that. That's what God has put in my heart so far. Okay. I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat. This is my body, which is for you. This do in remembrance of me. So we do have the little wafer that's in there somewhere. If you hold it up, I'll pray over that. God. We thank you for your body. Without you giving your body for the salvation, our salvation, we wouldn't be saved. We thank you. You had to offer your body up. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we want to acknowledge, Lord, that you gave of yourself that we may be saved. You hung on the cross, Lord. You did it willingly, Lord, for us, Lord. What, ex- what, what show of love you did, Lord. And we thank you for that. Let's take and let's um, eat a little wafer representing the body of Christ. After the same manner, he broke and he, he took in the cup and after his supper, he gave it to them to drink and he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Just do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Father, thank you for your blood that was shed on our behalf. Without blood, there's no remission of sins. Lord. We, we, we thank you, Father, for, for the blood that was shed on our behalf. Thank you. We have heard the word of God. We've also partaken of communion together. And we can truly say with confidence and with excitement, come Lord Jesus, come. Can we really say that with confidence? Can we really say that and really mean Do we really want him to come? Or do we enjoy this life so much, we enjoy this world so much, we say, 
God, just uh, keep, hold back as long as you can so I can enjoy life a little bit more. We don't care about this life. We are here because he put us here for a reason. To save as many souls as possible, to lead as many souls as possible by our lifestyle, by our words, to him. Just like we have been. We don't want to be selfish. So until he comes, we're going to be about doing good works. Which were foreordained for us beforehand. But we're still going to say, come Lord Jesus, come. We are waiting. Because if we're not waiting and we're not looking, that's not a good sign, the scripture says. Those of his need to be waiting for him, need to be looking for him. So let's wait together and let's look together. Let's be excited about what he told the Thessalonians. Let's be excited about it and really believe that he could come any time. When we stop believing, believing that he can come at any time, we start getting lazy. We start getting apathetic. We start getting... Uh, uh, just where you don't think he's coming because why should he come? Because I'm here. And, and he's not going to not. He's surely not going to come until I'm gone because I'm coming up. I've go, got to go to the rapture. Well, that's, 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 that's good. That's good. But I tell people, they say, what, what are you, pre-trip, post-trip, or mid-trip, what are you? I say, I am preparing for his coming at any time. So I don't care whether it's uh, pre-trib. I don't care whether it's post-trib. I don't care whether it's mid-trib. All I care, when he comes, I go. That's what I want to do. I want to go. I want to go. So I don't care what your theology is. All I say is be ready. Be ready. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.